Citizens of America unite. We have nothing to lose but our plungers. This is This Week in Common Sense for the second week of December 2019. So the, the plunger, this, uh, this trusty little thing that I have in my home because of the numbskulls in Congress, uh, is, is an apt symbol uh, because it, it's about the fact that we have people trying to run our lives who, you know, don't do a very good job of it. And frankly, it's not a good thing for people to do. And I, I think about the plunger, it reminds me of the yellow vests in, in France. Uh, you know, for, for more than a year, there've been continual protests. And the reason they call them the yellow vest protests is because they wear the yellow vest that they're required by some stupid regulation to keep in their car so that they will have a yellow vest if their car breaks down and it'll be protective against, you know, somebody not seeing them and running them over in a, uh, you know, a big truck or something. And, uh, and you know, safety's a good thing, but they, the, this particular regulation had become a joke in France. And so it symbolized these protests because it's the complete, you know, out of touch uh, bureaucracy, uh, big government dictating everything, knowing nothing. I, I take their yellow vest and raise them a plunger. Well, and, and when we think about protests, there could be a protest. A uh, lot of angst over the Democratic debate that's going to be happening this week uh, that we wrote about this past week. And basically, the Democrats have an all-white contingent of candidates who are going to be on that stage. And, and oh my goodness, now, now uh, Kamala Harris had qualified for the debate and, uh, and would have been on that stage, uh, being a woman of color, um, but, but uh, dropped out. And so now it's an all-white uh, uh, entourage and for the Democrats. And of course, they're kind of sick about it. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, they love diversity and yet they don't have a diverse crowd. Well, you know, in a, in a lot of ways they do have some diversity and, and the idea that, you know, as we raised in the commentary, what are you going to do? Have a quota system? Uh, that's, that's where so much of this is, is headed is kind of phony quota systems. But look, um, we've had, we, women have won the Democratic nomination. Uh, we had Barack Obama as, as president. He won the Democratic nomination. Uh, we've had people of color and, and women and, and a diverse sort of folks uh, do very well. Uh, you know, I think of, of Herman Cain and the Republican Party at one point, uh, well, however many years ago that was, you know, was riding high at one point in the polls. It's, uh, you know, clear we, ha we have a country that skin color is not the end all and be all when it comes to electing someone to office. And, uh, you know, we should celebrate that, not spend much time celebrating it. But to run around with our hands and, you know, our head in our hands because uh, uh, somehow, you know, there are white people on the stage. Uh, it just seems silly. And of course, you and I and most Americans, I think, are not running around with our heads in our hands, but uh, uh, the Democrats are. Um, 
You know, uh, the, the second commentary we talked about this week is this insanity that we have where we have to have some crisis. There has to be some chaotic epidemic, you know, unprecedented, whatever. The world's ending in some new dire way. And, and you know, there's been so much progress made on smoking. And I happen to think, you know, I don't smoke cigarettes. Uh, I don't vape. Uh, it, it just seems to me that, you know, ingesting stuff into your lungs probably isn't a very good idea. Uh, I remember my parents used to always say, well, you know, people smoked because they didn't know the dangers. And I thought, you know, no one stands around a roaring fire and tries to get that smoke into their lungs. So I never quite, quite bought that. And I, I suspect that vaping's not great for you either. Although I've thought, uh, people I know and love who smoke cigarettes, I kind of think it'd be a step up if they vaped instead of smoked. Uh, that's just my guess. I'm no expert, not advising anybody to do either one. But, but it's, we have this new report that there's a crisis with young people vaping. And Jacob Sullen at Reason pointed out that, you know, the increase in people vaping is, you know, more than made up for by a decrease in them smoking cigarettes. And that a lot of the people who are vaping are vaping very infrequently, whereas more of them were smoking on a regular, consistent basis, uh, which is going to get you addicted to nicotine and you smoke throughout your life. You know, it, it, I, I did smoke when I was 17, 18 years old. It, it seems like you're not going to feel some of the effects of bad behavior at 17 and 18 years old. You have to wait till you're 40 or 50 and then go, Oh darn, there's nothing I can do about it now. But, but anyway, so, you know, this is the sort of thing that we always have to have some devil to fight some crisis. And even when there's success, it seems like our, our media, our, our public policy arena, is geared toward ignore the successes, hype the, whatever problem there is, and make it seem like it's absolutely an existential threat. You know, I have to I have to thank my lucky stars that for like the first fifty years of my life, I think it was that much, I never heard the term existential threat because my goodness, they're everywhere. So it's. It, you know, we have to constantly push back. And it's one reason why Common Sense is a great name. Uh, glad Mr. Payne thought it up. Uh, we have to use a little of our common sense to realize that we don't have to run crazy like chickens with their heads cut off uh, over every, you know, crisis that we hear about in Washington. And the more we can solve those problems without getting government involved, especially bigger and bigger and further away government, the better. The one commentary this week that, that it was so nice to do was about the plunger politics and the, the fact that our politicians have managed to screw up our basic plumbing. It was working just fine. And, and then, you know, I happen to have purchased a home in 1998, that's when these low flow toilets first hit the market. And I understand they've gotten better, 
but they're still a, a huge problem. But especially if you bought a house in, in 1998 or 1999. So they're, they're a real hassle. And, uh, and, and one of my first, actually it was the second commentary I ever did with common sense was about, uh, it was entitled a congressman in your bowl and, uh, suggest maybe we need to get out and get the, uh, get the, whatever man it was that used to be in the, in the toilet bowl. Remember the old commercial, uh, half the audience is <laughs> shaking their heads saying, what the heck are you talking about? But there used to be a commercial where the guy floating in your toilet bowl and the back end of it. I don't know who that was, but if it was a congressman telling to get the heck out of Dodge. Um, so we had done that commentary way back then. And, um, and frankly, I think there's been improvement, but almost all that improvement has been on the industry side, figuring out how to jump through hoops that they ought not to have to jump through. You know, we, we have all kinds of environmental things that, that might make sense. But I, I want folks in Washington to be looking at how do we get rid of stupid regulations because they get made all the time and we don't, you know, we have a, a, a lack of any real check on our elected representatives, much less the bureaucracy that they have empowered to write all kinds of rules over us as we live our lives. So, you know, the, the fact that Trump is focused on something, which is was the, the way I started it, is to point out this is the kind of thing that somebody could, could become, you know, get reelected as president by focusing on something that matters to real people in their life. Quit screwing up our toilets. Don't make us carry plungers around. I think so often when people talk about regulations, you know, you might be in the mining industry and you might have some sense of the regulations that you're dealing with that 99.9% .9 of the people are not going to have any clue what, what you're talking about. These sorts of regulations that change how toilets all over the country are made. And, and when you see those rolled out and failing in that way, um, it's a way that the average person can get a sense of, you know, our lives, you know, you buy a better car, you buy a better uh, washing machine, you, you know, we're, we're always trying to upgrade, constant improvement. It's, um, you know, everything doesn't have to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. We always want things to be better. And when we have government come in on something that works and write new rules so that it doesn't work anymore, that isn't government working. Uh, at least not very well. So this is, uh, look, I've got a, I, I've got a symbol. Uh, we have enough anger in this country. Let's get to uh, our plunger protest and, uh, and flush these, these guys away. Um, that, that'd be, that's the way, maybe that's the, the line is that this is the way to drain the swamp. Just flush it. Flush them away. Flush Washington. I can just see bumper stickers all over the country now. The thing I like best, I think, about doing common sense is that I get to talk about things that, you know, crazy things that come up and but that are important in life. Good plumbing, you know, it, it uh, sort of made the Roman Empire, it seems like to me, and, and uh, it's a good thing to have. And so we get to talk about that, and then we get to segue the very next day into talking about Marxism 
and Marxist philosophy, this idea uh, in socialism and in communism that the state is going to wither away. You're going to have this massive dictatorship of the proletariat. Uh, it's going to, you know, equalize society so everything's wonderful and everybody has exactly what they need. They give exactly what they can give and they get back exactly what they need. Everything's perfect. And then, of course, what do you need a state for? It withers away. We've never gotten to that withering away part. Now, we've, we have... And, and we were talking about Maduro and, and, uh, and Venezuela uh, because, you know, that's the, you know, somebody had basically made the argument that uh, again and again, and this was, was off of editorial in the New York Post, which really, uh, really hit back at this stupid idea that somehow socialism has never been tried. It has been tried. It's failed. Uh, and, and, you know, you can make an argument that, well, if, if there was this thing changed about it, maybe then it would have succeeded. But to argue that somehow all the socialist attempts never got anywhere close to socialism seems to be silly. In the same way that I think we can argue that sometimes when uh, the United States has a mercantilist or, or kind of a crony capitalist type position, governmentally, policy-wise, that that's not the free market, that's not capitalism. Uh, but, but I think it's silly to argue that somehow what the U.S. is doing or what other countries that tend to be more free market are doing, you know, uh, isn't capitalism, so any of the downsides we can just ignore. You have to address them, and the socialists have to address them. And I think it's very interesting that there's been no withering away of the state. And so at the very core of, you know, somehow socialism will lead to a time in which government doesn't have to be all powerful. Uh, we haven't seen that. And, and of course, you know, I think a socialist could hit back and say, uh, Hey, the, the government's getting more powerful in, uh, in capitalist countries. Yeah. The government's getting more powerful all the time. And uh, it's, it's a hell of a problem and one that we should be focused on, uh, left, right, and in between. And speaking of then, just shifting right back to a, a local issue, but a local issue that, uh, that I think speaks to the whole country, the whole world. Uh, we're kind of all in this together and we all face uh, the same sorts of things. It's, it's, it's always interesting. We discussed months ago when I went to the global forum in uh, Taiwan um, and there were people from all over the world. I think 39 countries, different countries had, had representatives there and uh, or not representatives, but people from those countries. And, and uh, you know, the, you, you just, you start to talk about or hear some story and it's like, that's the same thing they did where in my city or that's the, you know, so it's, it's uh, we are all in this together, but we went back to Washington state and Mr. Tim Iman, uh, who passed initiative 976. It limits uh, car fees. It does some other things to limit taxes and to stop sound transit. The, uh, you know, transit, folks in, in Seattle and, and in Washington State from, from grabbing a lot of extra tax dollars and so on from people. And uh, a measure that passed, even though, you know, it was like four and a half million dollars spent to defeat it against 
uh, no paid advertising in favor of it. And, um, and, and so Iman wins immediately. It's sued by counties and transportation agencies and all kinds of governments and one transportation rider. So like all these governments and then as a fig leaf, one real live human being who happens to ride on the transit. And, uh, and, and of course the news and what caught my attention was getting an uh, email newsletter from Tim Iman crowing about Pierce County, which is a county I'm very familiar with from my travels. I've been in Pierce County many times. I got to campaign with the, with our friend uh, Chris Novoselic in, in uh, Pierce County on, on rank choice voting and, and term limits and so on many years ago. Uh, and uh, and I, I like Pierce County. I like Tacoma in that area. Anyway, they voted four to three very close to help in the lawsuit to defend Initiative 976. It won in, in uh, 35 of the 39 counties four counties, including King County, Seattle, voted against it. Uh, but in Pierce County, they voted with 66% in favor of it. Uh, and yet still, even with that two to one big margin, the city council is uh, split four to three in terms of helping. And what, what caught my attention was Tim Iman crowing about here finally is a government that actually came out on the side of the people. On, on an initiative. And it struck me, and not that they haven't supported initiatives that were kind of from them, uh, where the, you know, the city council's pushing something and, and it's done through an initiative instead of through the council and maybe they support it. But in terms of an initiative that came from the grassroots that didn't uh, gener you know, get created by the political establishment, to see a city council vote in favor of helping defend that in court instead of suing it, it's the first time I've ever seen it. And that's what he said. It's the first time he's ever seen it in Washington State. Well, I look at these things all over the country. I've never seen it. And not that I couldn't, you know, I've made mistakes before or, you know, I certainly miss a lot that goes on. It's a big country. I've never heard of it. And it just, it just causes you pause to just think that, we live in great country, great people, love freedom, great tradition, great laws and protections and rights. And yet it's just almost earth shattering to think that we have a government at any local level anywhere that's on the side of the people when they vote to say, hey, you're not going to tax us in this way. We're going to limit your authority to tax us this much. It's just unheard of for a government anywhere to be supportive. And uh, so hats off to Pierce County and, uh, and, and hats off to Iman and the voters of Washington State who in a, in a deep blue state uh, have had an opportunity to speak out on taxes in a way that, that I think shows people, you know, we're not blue and red people, we're people. And we want, we want to decide more. I think if the people decided more directly, there'd be less blue-red partisan divide. I'm Paul Jacob at thisiscommonsense.com each week. I write a commentary Monday through Friday, a new one each day. And every Saturday we do this video to recap 
what we've learned, what we've said, uh, whatever, what other politicians in Washington may have spouted out and, uh, and, and talk about it a little bit. And then on Sunday, you get the audio podcast at SoundCloud and other places.